When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to a Sunday, July 2nd, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. We've got a fun two-part show for you guys today. Uh, over the weekend, we recorded uh, multiple local hours here on the Chase Thomas Podcast where we kick things off with Preds Power Hour. Yeah, Preds did all kinds of stuff uh, over the weekend. Um, and really just last week with Matt Duchesne no longer being a Predator, being bought out uh, with multiple years left on his deal. So we talk a lot about that. Uh, Brian of uh, Brian Baston of On the Forecheck and Renegades of Puck and also Jeff Middleton of Flames Nation and Renegades of Puck uh, were on this very show, just as they are each and every week at this time to cover all things Nashville Predators. They were also at the draft. So draft big week in Nashville. So we talked about uh, their time there, uh, what was cool about it, running into some stars like Jack Hughes um, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So we were uh, able to talk um, what the Preds draft uh, looked like, their first two first-round picks, uh, which ones we liked more, um, carrying uh, Glass getting uh, extended and what their futures look like in Nashville. Also, uh, the flurry of off se- of uh, free agent moves with O'Reilly being the headliner there um, and just what uh, Barry Trotz is trying to do here over the next couple of years in Nashville and how different it is than what Poyle was building um, as a whole. So all kinds of fun talking all things Nashville Predators here on Preds Power Hour on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Don't forget, folks, if you are a first-timer and that you have never listened to Preds Power before, uh, new episodes go up every single weekend to talk all things Nashville Predators with Brian Baston and Jeff Middleton, where we talk, you guessed it, all things Preds. So uh, all the great best Preds content right here. Make sure you're subscribed if that is what you're looking for. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode each week here on this very feed. You can also check us out on YouTube. Full episodes, clips, shorts, all that good stuff over on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Well over 
a thousand subs over there and just building that thing out more and more each day. So we appreciate the support there and uh, all the good stuff. You'd like to hit us up for any Preds questions you might have for a future episode, you can do so at pod chase thomas on twitter or you can email us at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com and as always if you're already a listener of the chase thomas podcast and preds power specifically make sure that you leave this show if you have not already done so a five-star rating and write a review on apple Podcasts or spotify if that is how you are listening to today's show it helps other people find the show and it helps uh this show continue to grow so if you could do that right now hit that pause button just take care of it, it takes five seconds uh I would greatly appreciate it. So that's enough for me. It's time. Let's do it. Preds Power on a Sunday. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to Preds Power Hour here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Over there in Nashville, Tennessee, the one and only on the four checks, Brian Bastin. Brian, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. I've survived all these storms and I survived the NHL awards in the draft. So, yeah, I came out on the other side feeling kind of okay. So, yeah, I'm here. But let's do a let's do a late night podcast. You are here. You you saw our other co-host here tonight, Jeff Milton of Flames Nation and Renegades of Puck this week at uh, the draft party in Nashville. Jeff, good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Unlike Brian, I didn't have to survive any storms today. Instead, I just got to relax on the beach, but mm. yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how was the draft? Y'all saw each other. What did y'all do? What was the best thing you saw? What was the coolest part of being at the draft live this week? Um, a combination of things. I mean, one of it was just because the entire hockey world was was in town. Uh, I mm-hmm. got to see a ton of people that you know, people that I'm acquaintances with, or people I've known forever. You know, on on Twitter back when Twitter worked all the time. <laughs> um, Simpler times. Yeah, that was really great. To see, you know, so many of those people um, getting to see a lot of people around the NHL that were in town. You know, we we saw I mean, Jeff and I saw several, you know, several people uh, at, at that party and around town and things like that. So, I mean, it was just great. But I think for me, the best part was uh, in between, you know, waiting for the Preds to make picks and things like that on on day one. I was walking around, you know, taking pictures and getting some interviews in with other um other prospects that have been drafted. I mean, I got to sit and listen to Connor Bedard's first interview, um, which I thought was really cool. And all these guys, I mean, from Bedard all the way down, every single one of them is so excited just to be there. You know, they, I think like four or five of them that I listened to, they both said something, you know, related to, like, I, I'm not sure that this is still real. Like, I don't know how, once they said my name, I don't remember anything from, you know, until about right now. And that's just really cool because these guys are, these are kids, you know, it's mm-hmm. 17, 18 year olds. And, uh, it's really cool to see them get to like kind of live that dream, um, you know, if they're they're going to, you know, hopefully play in the NHL because they got drafted. So that was really I think that was my favorite part. I like it. What about you, Jeff? Um, honestly, I think I think my favorite part was one, like meeting people that, you know, I've written with. I've I've, you know, done podcasts with like they're a guy uh, who currently writes about the Coyotes uh, for NHL.com, Pat Brown. Um, mm-hmm. We used to write together, and uh, we used to do stuff over at uh, the Hockey Writer together. We were on the same podcast, the Grindline podcast. Shout out to my friends over there. Um, but yeah, it was great to meet him finally. It's been 
couple years since I first got acquainted with him. Um, and so this was the first time that we ever got a chance to meet. Um, and he was great. Um, and then, you know, just looking, we got, I got to sit on the floor for the awards. Um, and so just kind of seeing all these guys up close, uh, it was super cool. Um, got to meet Pecorino after with, uh, with Brian. That was, that was really great. He was awesome as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a fist bump from Jack Hughes. He was cool too. Like it was, yeah, like there's all these superstars walking back and forth. Like, you know, usually like you got it, you got used to it after a little while, but you first sat down there and you were kind of just like, Oh my God. Like it was, it was a wave of Connor McDavid, Connor Hellebuck, Cam McCarr, mm-hmm. Matthew Kachuk, like all these guys that were, you know, you watch them do these incredible things on TV and, and like I'd never been that close to him before in my life. So it was, it was really cool. Who was the most star? Like who was the, the guy that everyone was trying to flock to? Who was getting bothered the most? Um, at the awards, probably. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Actually. Now that I think about it. I mean, Jack Hughes always gets a crowd. Hmm. Um, oh, you know who? You know who? Actually, I just Quinn's thought over of this. there somewhere in the corner, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought, and you know who I think it is? I think it's Marty Brodeur. Huh? Marty Brodeur sat in front of us, and he, after the awards were over, we were walking out, um, and people had been asking. Like there were a bunch of people that were trying to get pictures with him and stuff like that. So yeah, that, was, that would probably be my answer. Marty Brodeur, still yeah. a national star. Yeah. That's not I surprising. Mean, I feel like. Well, do, you think goalie is the, do you think goalie is the biggest star type of potential of anyone like off just off the ice? Do you think it's think, goalies who I resonate the most? It would have to. No, I think it's in the way that like I don't know. I wouldn't say that because I, there's so many of them that you know there ha- you have to be a special kind of guy player to mm. be kind of like universally beloved or you have to be like an all-time great or just be a personality and for most goaltenders i mean people are kind of hardwired to not like goaltenders for the most part cuz you know yeah. and so they're not most teams aren't blessed like nashville is to have a, a string of very likable goaltenders so uh no i wouldn't say that i mean it's kind of like having like a you know, somebody who's a big star in the NFL who's like a free safety. Like, you know, well, it's like everyone has their own Brian, like uh, Brian Dawkins is probably like a good example. Like, the goalie yeah. is just everyone's Brian Dawkins, or like just Draymond Green. Like, everybody's goalie is their Draymond Green, where opposing teams hate him and he's your guy. Like, everyone yeah. is it's all true. in on, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Soros has his detractors outside of Nashville. Um, and you know, your, your man who will be following him is going to have some detractors whenever. So let he me takes- tell you. Uh, something that was not my favorite at the draft this week it was yeah. um i uh, was bouncing back and forth doing uh you know taking care of the kids get dropping them off with the grandparents um working so day one of the draft i spent the you know, first half of the day at at work downtown running back and forth and um but i finally get there i get changed after work's over i go to walk down to bridgestone i get there and as i look at my phone to figure out where i'm supposed to go i'm seeing that like yeah nashville's trying hard to trade askarov <laughs> to move up into the top 10 and i was just like come on now like you can't do this to me right now i guess i was like yes i think it's better than moving soros i guess but is uh, it are you there are you there you would be more okay with soros than, i love uh, you know how much i love askarov that's but what i'm saying this is surprising do i like I know one player is a top three goaltender in the NHL right now, mm-hmm. and the other one could be great, but that still could be. If you could tell, mm-hmm. you guarantee me he'd be top five, 
you know, would he still be better or worse holding on to than, you know, Soros? And you still want to take that chance. So, I mean, if you're going to do one way or the other, no, I understand with, you know, if you're trying to, you know, extend that rebuild out and it's going to be three years before they're competitive. Yes. Soros is going to help keep you kind of being competitive, but you never know if Askarov's going to turn out to be a good goaltender. You know, they just, it couldn't, it may not work out at all. Um, I know chances of that seem like it'd be a little bit smaller being in Nashville and how the talent of this guy, but I mean, Soros could play another six, seven years at, at, at this level. Yeah, I think so. I mean, n- maybe not elite every single year, but I mean, he's a young kid. I mean, he's a, he is literally a kid. And so he could do this for eight, nine more years if he wanted. We're just about to find out how much he's willing to take. Is he willing to follow the John Gibson route um, for a couple <laughs> years in Nashville? Is he built like that? Um, we're about to see. Well, there was something that feels like 19 years ago now because of the flurry. Like it, just this week alone, the combination of NBA and NHL moves that are just happening um, one after the other and the just trying to keep up with who's who. Mm-hmm. And then like the Hawks draft, the Braves are beating the living hell out of everybody. Tennessee is closing in another top 10 class. Apologies to Jeff. Um, no. I, the Don't Vanderbilt apologize. was not listed anywhere in the top 25, so it's just hard. I, I, I didn't want to scroll back too far. Um, but... There was a player who was probably the biggest surprise. We have not really touched on this this offseason that like, hey, watch out for Matt Duchesne. He might be on the chopping block. That was not something that any of the three of us thought was like DFA'd was a possibility for Duchesne. Jeff, your immediate reaction when Duchesne was announced that he was not no not no uh, not only not going to be a member of the National Predators anymore, but also the Preds were going to eat a lot of salary for him to not play hockey for the Predators anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of confusion. I, I, I mean, it popped up on my phone. I was I was actually I was heading to the beach and. Or no, I was on the beach and mm. I was scrolling through, and I was just kind of like, "All right, nothing's." I went. I didn't think anything was going to happen, and uh, yeah, it popped up that you know, they. I saw. I don't know if it was Frank Cervalli tweeted it, but it was like, uh, you know, Matt Duchesne has been placed on waivers uh, for a buyout, and I was just kind of like <laughs> slapped in the face. Like I, I didn't know, really know what to do, um, and I. I was confused really um you know we talked about why buying out ryan johansson was a bad move you know he had eight million dollars left for two years what's the point and then they trade ryan johansson for nothing and then they they buy out matt (laughs) yeah they eat eight half of his salary and then they do the thing that we didn't want them to do in the first place with a better player which mm-hmm. like I don't understand that at all, and you know, a lot of there's a lot of people out there, you know, people who have, you know, arguing that Matt Duchesne wasn't good for the locker room because Barry Trot said something about culture, and I think people are taking that as Matt Duchesne was a cancer, which is not, by all accounts that I've that I've trusted and trust still to this day, that I I don't believe that. Like, I, I think there are people who I trust fully that will come out on the record and be like, this is not what's like accurate at all. Um, but like, I just don't understand. But like, I think in 25, 26, they're going to be paying him like $6.1 million to play against him. Like, 
and they're paying yep. him a bunch of money now and they just and he just signed with Dallas for for 3 million dollars for a year like you're paying him more money to play against you than you are to just have him on the roster like i don't i don't understand it at all and and or well his total amount of money that he's playing against you for is especially know. the timing right where he's coming yeah. off a down year a weird blip year that we'll see whether or not this past year was maybe what he's going to be going forward or is he who he was to, can he get back to who he was two years ago which is a, a really really important player and a big time player and a contender like the worst it's a buy low it's like the john collins thing where it's like you're just moving him to move him you're still gonna eat this money you're still gonna have to play against him for years um he's still a helpful useful player and it's also like I don't know if you feel the same, Brian, but he wasn't going to move the needle. You could still be going through a rebuild, and if Matt Duchesne's cool being around for a rebuild, he can play really well, get more opportunities, and then you can trade him for more value months down the line because you've seen not that far away that he was a really, really good hockey player. Um, I, I don't know. What what do you think? I mean, so, yeah, I mean, and, and the, like Jeff had said, like part of it is a lot of people were like, oh, everybody was talking about how they wanted to rebuild and now they're doing it and everybody hates it. And it's like, yes, part of it is that people don't like to see certain players go because they're kind of favorites. And I will say that like, yeah, Duchesne didn't have the year he had two years ago, but nobody on the team did. Mm. And he still was the third best, I'd say third best uh, player on the team, maybe fourth, uh, depending on. I was going to say, I mean, he w- I argue he was better than Forsberg. Yeah, he's a little more like, consistent than Forsberg as well. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, he really he he and Johansson, ironically, both took a really big uh, leadership role during, um, you know, when the Preds were so injured and there were all these guys up from the Admirals that were playing that they were acting as as, you know, mentors for all these guys, because these were, you know, he would they were going out there with four or five, six teammates that are, you know, under 23 and have barely played in the NHL. But, you know, I think it, if you look at it in the sense of what they wanted to do. Moving forward, it's just the the buyout and the way that it's structured and the way that this deal is not that old. The fact that, you know, they were willing to eat out this eat its cost and you've got, you know, it's gonna be, you know, like you said, I think the next over the next two years, um, it's two and a half for next year and then five and a half million, twenty-four, six and a half and twenty-five, and then one point five for for three more years after that. I mean, look at the dead cap that Nashville has, and you kind of kind of see a trend of who where this where this team's going? Ryan Johansson four million over the next two years. Matthias Ekholm two hundred fifty thousand, that which is not bad. That that was actually a pretty good move. But Matt Duchesne and Kyle Turris both are going to be on the books for at least the next five years. So I mean, that's if you want to you know break down kind of the things that David Poyle tried to do, you know, especially in the last decade or so, is going after having a first line center. And you see Ryan Johansson, you see Kyle Turris, and you see Matt Duchesne all out and you know they pay they're paying money to get rid of those guys so you know i don't think that it's a malicious type thing but i think obviously you know barry trotz he whatever the his vision of how he wants to you know mold this team down the middle it's not lining up at all with what david poyle had in mind so i also think like you look at those guys like kyle terris he you know he just wasn't playing like straight up he just was not playing thanks to you know the newest mm-hmm. head coach of the new york rangers but like Matthew Shane was still an effective player. Like you could, you could trust Matthew Shane to score like at least 55 points a year. If you keep him with the right line mates, like, and that was never like, you know, even when he had his down years, his analytics were still good. He's been one of the top analytical contributors at the very least since Mm -hmm. he's gotten to Nashville. And what's funny is like these, you know, 
especially with the signings today, it's super counterintuitive because you buy out Ryan Johansson and you have a style of play that you want to, you know, you want to try and instill on the team. And that's fine because Ryan Johansson, you know, if you come in and you say you want speed and skill and you want youth, that's not Ryan Johansson. As I, I said that last podcast, it's not Ryan Johansson. You buy him out, you get rid of him. It's fine. He mm-hmm. understands that he's not part of the vision. But Matthew Shane plays the exact kind of game that Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett have both talked about. And I don't understand, mm. like, he's still an effective player. He's one of the best transition forwards in the entire NHL. He yeah, can that, score. Uh, exactly. Like, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. He, no, no. It, like, he can score. He can score a perfectly. Is he worth $8 million? No. But I also don't think he's worth paying $4.5 million over the next three years after his contract would end. Like, I don't, like, I just don't get the logic behind it. And I hope Barry Trotz comes out and says, like, I hope he's, you know, he has a presser and they ask him about it and and he's just straight up about why he did it, you know. And I'm more than willing to eat my words if he comes out and is like, yeah, we had some problems in the locker room with Matthew Shane. He's not going to say that. But, like, if something comes out about that and then they're like, we need a culture change and then they buy him out, then that's fine. I'm okay to eat my words on that. But, like, as of now, we have no evidence to suggest that he's, one, a locker room cancer, and, two, that he wouldn't be an effective player by the time his contract runs out. Like, he's never worth $8 million. But I also don't think he's worth, you know, taking away $6.5 million of your cap space and then paying him another $4.5 million after the next three years after just because you want to get rid of him for a culture change. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, so let's, uh, and the other thing, and this, dro- this drove a lot of free agency, and what we saw, you know, today is that, you know, the cap went up to 83.5 you know, million dollars for this next season, which is a $1 million increase after it being flat since basically since COVID. Um, next year is going to be flat as well. So it's not going to go up uh, or right after this. But then 2024, that's when the cap jumps up. The cap's going to jump up by $4 million. And, in that year, with $4 million available to all these other teams, Nashville is going to be paying almost uh, o- over $12 million to players that aren't playing for them. So not only are they losing that advantage of getting the salary, the extra $4 million with the salary cap increasing, but they're going to be down still $8 million for these guys who aren't going to play for them. And it's, it's you know, tourists, I, I get. Like, that was just, a, that was a failed experiment for a variety of reasons, but that's something that they had to eat that the cost of that because it just, that was not going to work. Matt Duchesne, you know, like you said, excellent player in transition. There's only one other player on the stars right now that is as good in transition as Matt Duchesne is, you know? And so you look and it's kind of like, all right, like I get why you want to move away from it, but, you know, wait for the deadline. I thought there's no like, rush. There's yeah. zero rush. I mean, like, like they're not worst they, case they, scenario. He has one year where he's like, he he plays as good as he did last year. Yeah, and I mean, you have the eight million dollars on the his books. value can oh only go up. Like, like you're there saving was no five, chance it was going to be worse. Right, yeah. you save five million dollars this coming season by not by buying him out, which is fine. They have they want that extra space for something, but then you're going to lose. You know, you only save what two and a half million, then one and a half million over the next two years, where you're trying to turn around and become competitive. It's it's it was just it wasn't that the fact that you know it was a ba- it wasn't a great move that I would have agreed with but if they could have done it any other way you know to get to move you're him, telling me that no one wanted Matt Duchesne for free yeah or really? for so- something yeah and yeah. so it was just it's a little you know again like I understand that if they're trying to make the team go a different direction which is you know justifiable that you know hey Duchesne was great but maybe he just just like it didn't quite work out and we have a some people that in mind that fit the mold better cool but 
you know, it's it's just it was how it was done. And it, it kind of screams, you know, a Ryan Johansson move was kind of like, you know, yeah, it wasn't great. They retained that salary, but I was like, it's a better than a buyout, you know, and mm-hmm. he was the one that they'd been trying to shop for so long. Like the Duchesne thing is just kind of like, you know, Poyle spent more time trying to get Duchesne than Duchesne spent time actually in Nashville. Also, mm-hmm. can we bring back to the trade deadline this year? Mm-hmm. Do we remember what the te- like how the NHL world viewed what the Preds did at the deadline? Where there was one trade in particular where everyone was refreshing their phone, where they're like, "The Preds got what for mm-hmm. what?" That wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago. This is one yeah. of those things where I think if Barry Trotz does a presser over this and what he's decided to do this summer, that's something that has to be brought up. Is like you bring him in, you let Matt Duchesne, like you can reset the culture, whatever it didn't need to be reset early July. Like it didn't need to be reset. Now there was nothing last year that indicated that Matt Duchesne being on the roster for four more months was going to significantly harm the long-term build of what Barry Trotz, whatever that is for Barry Trotz. It wasn't to the point where it was actually going to be a detriment where they couldn't still fulfill his vision years down the line. Those two things do not have to intersect. And you could have gotten a whole lot more. I mean, I just, I look at what they did the deadline this year where we came out of it. If you go back and listen to our pods, we were like, they did a lot better than we thought they were going to do. That was, they set themselves up. They picked a direction. They also made smart moves. They made smart moves to the deadline. They set themselves up. And what you've seen so far with Trotz is the exact opposite where it's like, I don't know what him and Boyle were talking about for the last month and a half, but now I think it's start. I think it's fair. And this might lead us into the, just the Barry Trotz question as a whole, where like, is he too gung ho? Is he too much like I'm the coach in him where he's like, I want to get my guys in. I want to put my stamp on this team that I am running this sooner rather than later. This is my show. We're getting all my guys, getting everybody else out. I'm biting the bullet. I'm taking my hard medicine and getting, making some tough decisions with some vets and stuff like that. But like someone should be in the room in the Preds front office of like, Hey man, um, we, I, I understand what you're angling for here, but I think we might be able to do better than what we're doing over the last week. I will say, like, I think that this one being such an, I think part of the reason the backlash for this too is that it kind of almost doesn't line up with what what has been done so far. Like you, like mm. you said, the deadline. I think it was a very effective. Like they did what they were they wanted to set out to do. It was looking towards the future, and obviously they didn't get rid of some of these guys in the middle of the season because I think you know they were still trying to decide if the season was salvageable, which again you know, lest we forget, it almost was. It almost was a playoff season again. Um, But, I mean, the rest of the moves, the Johansson move made sense to me um, just because they avoided the buyout and everything. And I've I've kind of liked, you know, everything leading up into this week and the free agency that, you know, hey, I can understand the justification for the reason. It's just the Duchesne one sticks out because it didn't seem like it's rest. Now we can talk about things that happened today and how, you know. Can we also mention, by the way, just like we'll talk today. The, do y'all remember off the top of your head what Tanner Janot brought in at the deadline? Uh, was it was what? It was a two fir- firsts, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. I don't know the one years. One first, but... one second, one fourth, one third, and one fifth. Yeah. You're telling me you couldn't get anywhere close to that with Matt Duchesne if you keep him around for four months? Well, Matt Duchesne for, free, for future yeah. considerations. Now, like, I will say this. I will say this, and this is another thing that I, I had forgotten, and I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself for forgetting again. Matt Duchesne's, uh, you know, uh, trade protection, his no trade clause uh, kicked in today. 
So yes, that is true. trade yes. him like what Jeff's saying to wherever he wants to go, but they'll eat this out. Like trade him somewhere where they would still not be in a situation. Right, where but they're now they not only have they given him away for free, but they've also you know the next team doesn't have to deal with the rest of that contract doesn't have to deal with the no trade clause yeah and uh you know that's probably part of the reason why it was hard to find a buyer there but you know i can't believe that uh, you know some of these salary dump teams you know does forsberg have a no trade clause uh he will i'm not let me check and see if he's still if if it's inactive if it's active right now or not um Mm. i think that might be something to monitor (laughs) Yeah, no, I know he does. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, actually, his is a no move, uh, no move clause the entire way through until the last two years are modified no trade clauses. So yeah, he's not. But I mean, that's he's the Will Smith meme right now. Well, and you gotta, you he's a guy you can kind of build around. You know, he's a guy that can you can have around into his late, you know, in the later parts of his his career, and he's still kind of yeah. the face of the franchise. Get rid of Forsberg too, and it's like what's. What's bringing this team back, you know, fans back besides Yossi at that point, you know? Well, let's ask the question real quick before we do what they, they did today. The odds, now that you've seen what Barry has done over the last two weeks, the percentage that Philip first Philip Forsberg is a predator at this time next year. Brian, you 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the I only think, way I, I can think... see out of it is if, like, a, and I hate to say it, but, like, a career-ending situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think I think you asked that question three years down the line, and I think that percentage might get lower. But I think as of now, he's committed here. He has a you know a wife here. And, he bought into the uh, Nashville SC. Yeah, Ooh. he did buy into Nashville SC. That's, That's right. Okay. Him and Giannis. Him and Giannis. The Him natural Giannis. pairing that we never yeah. knew they needed. Uh, Philip Forsberg yeah. has a lot of like I've learned. He's got also, a lot of street cred like other a- athletics like yeah. other athletes he's got some cred you know he's got his best buddy out there um oh, george, kittle. Got, yeah, george kittle yeah. you know mm-hmm. so that's got to be a haslam thing though because the has uh jimmy bought a minority stake in the bucks and the obviously with Giannis, and then with bill haslam coming into the preds there had that's, to be a connection they probably entered like i'd be um, interested in that yeah um, but in terms of what happened today, what happened today, Brian? Roll it out. <laughs> what was going on when Brian was fighting for his life with the Nashville <laughs> Thunderstorms uh, and keeping power because the hockey gods did not want Brian to have a good holiday weekend. Or a functional website to yes. communicate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. So there was a bunch of moves, which, again, I expected there to be moves made, you know, today to fill in. Like, And we'll, we can talk about a handful of them. Um I think the first one that came through, I believe, was Gustav Nyquist. And Mm. um, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm trying to really figure out how I want to. But, I mean, it's just, again, it seems like counterintuitive, kind of like Jeff said about, you know, getting rid of a guy who's older. He's not going to be a faster, you know, a fast kind of player. And that's, I mean, Gustav didn't play very much in the NHL last year, did he? Or if I I remember correct. He was hurt last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I mean it's just he's not been great I mean I'm really to be honest so he's like yeah like looking at evolving wild um you know overall uh eight like an 18 out of 100 basically 18 percent um he is a guy who he played 48 games last year 48 games okay that's more than I thought he did actually yeah he played 82 the year before he played full season but I mean, he doesn't bring very much to the table. He's not strong offensively, really. Uh, he's not especially strong defensively either. And again, he's just an older player. And I just, I was a little confused by that one. And Jeff, I think you know a little bit, you know, you could say a little bit more about it, but it just, 
he wasn't on my radar of somebody that Nashville would target just because he didn't seem to fit the profile. No, I mean, yeah, he, he's just like we saw with the other signings today. Like he's he's thirty three years old. He, you know, he, he's just kind of eh. like I don't. I, I'm not. If there's any player that fits the style that they're gonna play or that they want to play, Gustav Nyquist would be the guy. Like I still think he's fast enough. I think he he can be enough on offense. Like he can still contribute assists or whatever. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to get to, you know, 53 points in 82 games again. If he does, that'd be great. Or 49 and 62. But like, why? <laughs> like, I think, I think that's just my question that, and, and with all these signs, like, you know, I think, I think with Shannon O'Reilly, which we'll, we'll get to in a second, I, I think I understand a, a little bit of why, even though I disagree with the majority of it, uh, but this one just feels random. Like, mm. like it just feels like a guy that's you're gonna plug in and just kind of be uh, like, all right, yeah, go out there, just do whatever. Like he's gonna be a middle six person that is getting paid three point one eight five million dollars a year for well, two years. Based and, on what you know like, about you know, Barry, what what do you think the calculus is? If you had to do your best guess, why do you think that is the the reason? I mean, I think I think Gustav Nyquist. I think he could be a guy. I mean, he has experience, and I, I think that's that's the bottom line for all these moves that they made today mm. was experience. And I think that Gustav Nyquist is a guy that you can say you can put him into the third or the second line and be like, you know what, you're in charge. You take you take these guys, you take these middle six guys, and you teach them everything you know. Like I think that I think that I would trust Gustav Nyquist to do that. But mm-hmm. the problem is. If he's not an effective player, then I don't really care. Like <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with all of these. Yeah, like, I mean, again, this if is, these this guys. Is... No, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. I was, I was gonna just, say like yeah. almost three point two over the next two years just seems just seems weird. Again, if you're gonna be yeah. you're saving you're saving five million or three million dollars next year by not having Duchesne, but you're paying that money you're saving to have a guy like Nyquist. It's like eh, who is less why? effective? Yeah, yeah. so. What can that, Gustav Nyquist teach you that that Matthew Shane cannot? I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I, the like, more I think about it, again, going back to Duchesne real quick, it, that trade clause I think was probably the main thing, which you know kind of yeah. sucks because that was a, a main allure for a lot of guys to come to Nashville was like either they could get that because you know because only a handful of guys got that from David Poyle, but you know people were like, oh, if I go to Nashville, I get to be here, but. Um, it just Nyquist was just a weird one again. And for the, for 3.2 over two years, I mean, I'm glad the term wasn't longer and they've got space yes, to play with. I'm okay. I'm okay with him. You can trade him at this year's deadline if it, if it's bad. Yeah. I mean, and, but I mean, like, there's, there's potential there again. Like there's, I think a lot of it has been that he's been a little bit, um, you know, he's been snake bitten a little bit recently. Um, he's been kind of a liability on, 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 on special teams, but I still think that he can be effective. Um, I'm I'm curious though about another guy, uh, you know Jeff, about what you think because for me, looking into it, I'm a little bit baffled by the Luke Shen signing. I mean, just he just doesn't seem to. I mean, I guess they really are kind of pushing that narrative of having a defenseman that's going to contribute offensively, but it just also seems like this is one of those where yeah, but you're giving up a lot on the other end too. Like he's not a guy that I'd put with you know Yossi or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I also wouldn't put him with dante fabro either 
Mm-mm. I, I, yeah, Luke Shen is where I draw the problems. Like <laughs> he, he, like I have a lot of problems with with this entire thing. And you know what? I think it comes down to, like I said, I think it comes down to the fact that Luke Shen's won two cups. Like, and and the fact that that if if you know, I had this discussion with my father today. I was like, we we had a we had a heated debate about Luke Shen, and uh, he we were talking, and he was like, you know who. If you see Luke Shen, he was he compared him to Mark Borowiecki a little bit in the fact that if you see Mark Borowiecki in front of the net, you might think twice about going there. Now, my problem with that is that I don't care if <laughs> Luke Shen is pushing people in front of the net. If he can't, if if Luke Shen cross checks a guy in the back and then goes towards the guy with the puck and loses the guy behind him and then they score. I don't really care about <laughs> whether or not he cross-checked the guy in the back in the first place. Mm. Like I, NHL players are strong enough where going to the front of the net against a guy like Luke Shen, like I don't think I don't think you need to pay Luke Shen for three years to go to the front of the net and be a bruiser because he's not very good at moving the puck. He mm-hmm. takes enough penalties for me to be like, eh. Like it's not a lot, but you know it's not great, and you know he he's not like he's. It's like you know. So they, your dad's all in on it. Been, no, he he he's, he doesn't like it, but he understands it. I mm. think is where I'm. And like you know, if I'm sitting in Barry Trotz's shoes and I want to change the culture, sure, I bring in Luke Shen. Like why not? Mm-hmm. But I'm not paying him for three years. It's two point seven five million or whatever they're paying him to, for like. Hell no, absolutely not. You want you want to talk to me about bringing in Luke Shen for two years at eight hundred thousand dollars? Sure, why not? Mm. But he's not worth almost three million dollars. Are you kidding me? Like, no way, Brian. No you agree? way. Uh, yeah, I just I think looking at it from like you know holistically too, this is a guy that I guess he's not he's not good defensively. He's not good on the penalty kill, which again you see a kind of a trend in some of these guys they picked up. And this is good. Again, this was team was a kind of undisciplined this year because they were young. They had a lot of guys stepping in and this team's going to be different. There's not very much chemistry left, you know, to build around on this team. And so like penalties is going to be going to be an issue. Um, and so you get these guys in who are noted just for not being, not being good to killing penalties. And you're like, all right, so all right, what, what is else is it about Luke Shen? You know, he's got a lot of potential offensively, sure. But then you go and look and see, you know, over the past few years, how many goals has he had? Because if you're going to have a guy that's an de- offensive defenseman, maybe let's see if he's producing goals. Uh, not, No, not really. He's His career high is five, two years ago with the Canucks. Um, you know, he's had three seasons, uh, including last year, of a career high 22 points. So it's, it's, it's just a little bit. And, you know, he's been un- not healthy for what? Let's see here. Uh, five or three out of the last five years, you know, he didn't play more than 40 games. So what line it, does he make the most sense with right now? Well, uh, I mean, he, he's your, I guess he's your, the guy to replace Borvietsky. Mm. Like, you know, I'd uh, say he's the, your sixth pair. D, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's your, your last guy. And uh, you know, again, I guess like, I don't want to give Jake Livingstone playing time. <laughs> I think that's kind of what that is. Like they're mm-hmm. not going to give, they aren't going to put Spencer Stasny or Jake Livingstone down there consistently. I disagree. I disagree. I think Spencer Stasny, we're going to see a lot of Spencer Stasny next year. I can't because tell. They, like yeah. I, I can't tell because 
you know, I don't mean to like kind of barge in here, but I'm just going to say like that the part of this that I don't understand is like you come out, it's your first or second day. I don't know when he said this, but you know, he talked about getting younger, getting faster, getting stronger, getting more, you know, speed through the three zones, through the neutral zone and transition. And then he hires Andrew Burnett, who is a speed first coach. And he's, you know, either making these moves that, you know, are, are designed to, make the team faster and make, have them like, have them have the puck more, like more possession. And, and then everything, and then July 1st hits and you sign a slow old (laughs) Ryan O'Reilly who I will, I will say this. I don't think he should, I, 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 four years, I'm not a huge fan of, but I think that's the contract that I'm most okay with. Hmm. And then you sign Luke Shen. Okay. And then you signed Gustav Nyquist, who is just eh. He's eh. He's whatever. He's a random like. He's just kind of just kind of pick him out of the hat. But like, what do these moves do to I can, help I think, you? I, mean, I think I can tell you that. I mean, we we said before that them filling up the roster for next season probably wasn't going to be pretty, you know, like they're going to have space in free agency to play around, but that space is probably not going to be sent, you know, on trying to sign Patrick Kane or one of those types of guys. Like, you know, it, that's not what they're trying to do in the next few years. And these guys, yeah, they're not great deals. And they're not great players, you know, historically, but you know, we're talking Ryan O'Reilly is, but well, yeah, and that's I was going to get back. I like, to that. I like, I, I, I'm totally okay with Ryan O'Reilly. I'm good yeah. with him. Ryan O'Reilly is exactly again. He's that signing of like when they say like we got this guy because of his veteran presence or whatever, and uh, we're going to have that type of guy in. You know, when you sign a Wayne Simmons or somebody like that. But like Ryan O'Reilly is that's an excellent signing, and I like the deal. Yeah. I have I have no problem with Ryan O'Reilly. But that signing, yeah. like, that's kind of a fun one that took me by surprise, and I was like. I'm really actually looking forward to covering, you know, seeing what he does. So we got hit in the I'm, face with Luke Shen, and then they like gave us a, a here, yeah. here you go as as a consolation prize. Here's Ryan O'Reilly. So do we but, agree okay. that O'Reilly would be the is going to be the most uh, beloved of the new three yeah. signs oh, today? God. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he would have been no matter what. I think just mm. because he's he, you know, he's got he's got a ring. He's he's played on you know on some on some good teams. I was kind of surprised that you know the Toronto thing didn't last longer. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was. I think that's a really good signing, and I'm not I'm not mad at it. But we have to also again like put this in perspective. Like they're like, why are they getting these subpar guys? It's like, well, they're kind of cheap, and you know, they're not going to be. Good. We don't need them trying to be that good this year. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of one of those where it's like, yeah, this is where it starts getting a little bit ugly and a little bit hard to to stomach but i mean they didn't do anything egregious they didn't give uh who was it they got like a five or uh, five or six uh like who did the abs give like a six-year deal to or miles wood yeah like why like why like i'm glad that yeah i don't happen. understand that at all um, but toronto, I, I think my thing is like I, yeah toronto gave john klingbert well they gave him a year for four million dollars um <laughs> And I think I don't think they gave somebody else a bunch of money too. But like I think my thing is like, you know, why not get a Ryan O'Reilly? And obviously, I don't want you know. For example, Anaheim signed Radko Gudis to a bunch of money, and I'm in comparison to Luke Shen. Bring me Luke Shen all day. <laughs> I will take Luke Shen compared to Ryan O'Reilly, to compared to Radko Gudis. Well, that was their appetizer right for to bring it. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I sure hope not. But uh, yeah, I, I think that like, I don't know. I feel like there were, I also, I also found it weird. Like, you know, there weren't a ton of players on the market. Like Barry mm. Trotz said that he wasn't going to be super active. And then he like came out and was like, you know, we're 13 minutes in and we have Luke Shannon, Ryan O'Reilly. Like, okay. You know, I just kind of, I don't know. I feel like there were better options to kind of accomplish the goals that they've set out while also, you know, I think you can sign or I don't think you need Gustav. I, you know who I would have loved to see? I would have loved to see them get Daniel Sprong instead of Gustav Nyquist. Like, I think he doesn't, I was surprised he's not, that he. I was surprised that he went to Detroit. I thought that I was yeah. kind of surprised that that C, uh, Seattle didn't try to keep him. But yeah, I also I, I wouldn't have liked Sprong in Nashville personally. So really, huh? I don't, I don't think so. I think he's inconsistent, and I just I don't know. He's a player that just like I've never I've never really liked. Again, I feel like I can't break you know back it up right now with stats, but it's just eh. eh I like so. him a lot. I'm a big fan of Daniel Sprung. I don't watch him like a ton, a ton, but like, I mean, I don't think he's any worse than Gustav Nyquist. Yeah. Like, and I, I like, you know, why not Brian Dumoulin? Like, he was out there. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just throwing these names out. Like, I think that there were I... better defensemen for the money that you're giving other players who are arguably worse, like, or just as, or just as good. Like, I don't know. I mean, none of the deals are like over like four million. None of them are longer than you know two or three. Yeah, four, I mean, they're not like I, in I just, three years. I'm, it's going to be like whatever. But like, I'm finding right it too now, hard to 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 think that this is a too much of a big. Like, I, I think I I feel like this is not that big of a deal just because this is this is short term. They're going to have these type of players on the team as they're trying to turn things around, and like, yeah, they're not great. You know, even if we're just evaluating them, you know, objectively, but. I, they're they're not there's nothing here that's going to be like this is going to set the team back for a year or two or whatever like they're not great and just as player evaluation you're like these guys really but i mean you have to also take into consideration there's all these free agents out there going i see what they're doing in nashville that's cool but i'm not going there to win in the next couple of years i mean i think trot said something today about you know he doesn't want players that want to come and retire in nashville he wants them to, players that come and win you know, he doesn't, he, he, you know, I think he's also pivoting a little bit away from that, that picture that, you know, Nashville would present to free agents. Like, here's this place. It's great for your family. You can move here. There's no state income tax, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, but that's great. But we don't want guys who just want to be in Nashville, uh, which again, I, I, I think that it kind of explains it. Like these guys aren't going to be long-term. These aren't guys that are going to lead, you know, going to be sell- seeing their jerseys five or six years down the road. Um, so I just I, and this isn't you know you're I think you have every right to be critical of all those moves Jeff but uh, just on the list of things that you know could be could have gone right or wrong like it, it's fine like I just well, don't speaking think it of names in the rafters Cody Glass and Alex Carrier in the next four to five years which of the two uh, do you think has the better chance of seeing they're okay I can't I can't get this bit Brian but uh, they're back and they're yeah. resigned what did you make of those two contract extensions um, I'm a, I, I was surprised like, I. I knew that they both would get qualified. I knew that that wouldn't be an issue, especially because I knew that there wasn't a ton of guys that they, the Preds were going to want to qualify. So that's, and they were qualified those two. Um, I think both of them had a strong case, I think for the players to take Nashville to arbitration, just because in, you know, previous years arbitration has gone pretty well 
for both sides when they've had to go through it just because you know like dante fabro kind of got that fair evaluation and got the amount of money he got um rocco grimaldi uh colton sissons i believe um i'm trying to think who else um uh, so who else was it recently that went through arbitration? Well, anyways, Trennan. Trennan went through arbitration. Yeah. And like, I think it would have been something that could have like set pretty good terms up for like helping out the player. I think Cody Glass and Carrier both, I think they had fair arguments to get a little bit more than what they got. But, um, you know, I think that was really good that Nashville didn't even, they were just like, nope, let's get this done with now. Let's get them signed. Um, I, you know, and the players thought it was good enough deal that they took that, you know, because again, I felt like those two players kind of had a little bit of a position of they had a little bit of an advantageous position. You know, hey, we're young players that have potential that you've seen us and you've seen our, you know, what we can do and provide for this this team. I mean, especially Carrier. Um, you know, I think you should pay us just a little bit more because we're going to be really important for the, what you want to do. Those are two guys that I think Brunette is a hundred percent wants on that team, but you know, good for the good for them, good for the Predators. They got the deal worked out. Uh, this is a absolute win just because these are guys that fit you know they were good in the previous regime they were good because they're players that can help you win but they're both young guys and you do want them going forward so the fact they got them those deals done pretty decent deals i'm i'm 100 satisfied i like it um in terms of the nhl draft jeff we talked about who uh, made the most sense potentially for the Preds, who you would have liked to have seen them end up with in the first round, in particular with their two picks. How, at, Based on how the draft fell, because I think we have to put that context in there based on who was picked before them and what ended up happening, how would you rate how the Preds came out of the first round and who did you like more of the two picks and uh, how did just overall thoughts on the Preds first round here? Uh, I, I thought they did. I thought they did fine. I mean, they. You know, I had uh, one player ranked ahead of Matthew Wood um, among the guys who were left at that point, um, and that was Oliver Moore, who mm-hmm. the Chicago Blackhawks took. Uh, they had one hell of a first round. Um, getting Connor Bedard and Oliver Moore guarantees that they're going to be fun very soon, and it's very frustrating. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's frustrating for all the the Preds fans out there. Um, but you know, I like Matthew Wood. I think I think he I think he's a good player. You know, youngest player in college hockey. Uh, I think you know he's great shot. He's big. He's you know, I think he gets a lot of hate for his skating. And it's understandable, but I don't really think it's that bad. And you can teach skating. I'm not worried about that part. What's um, the What's the issue there that people are upset um, about? His he's, mechanics he's, changing direction. Hmm. You know, like yeah, he's not super like agile. Ag- agile, I guess, is like hmm. he he his put starts his- are not super are not super fast. Like he'll once hmm. he, when he's standing still, it takes him like a like a few big strides to kind of get going. But when he gets hmm. going. He's really yeah. good because his hands can complement the speed and his length with his arms and his just it, the stick that he has, like, you but know, that he can, can get better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, hmm. I'm, I'm confident that, you know, I've seen the Preds skating coaches do their work. I think I'm, I'm pretty confident and yeah. I've seen bad skaters turn, be turned into good skaters. It's, that's not Who's the best example for the Preds. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. A guy that a, a guy like just like uh, about his skating or overall? yeah, just his skate. Like went from a bad skater coming in to the organization, and then was actually developed into a pretty solid one. 
I mean, I would say, I mean, this is just kind of, you know, I'm not going to be able to tell you based off like film and stuff, but like, I didn't think that Alex Carrier could be, could really translate what he did, you know, uh, mm. as when he was younger, you know, into NHL level. I didn't think that his, his mobility was good enough for the NHL. Um, and I think he's, he, his time in Milwaukee for what, three or four years, like it really helped him, you know, and that's a testament to kind of the, the skating. He's, he's a very good skater, I'd say now. Um, but I mean, we talked about Ryan Johansson was like a guy that he didn't really necessarily need to be the best skater on the mm. ice because he had other things to kind of back that up. And I think so you he, know, was, you, he was big. He could move the puck well. He could he shoot had a long, when he long wanted arms, to. Yeah, arm, yeah, arms fan, you know. So it's yeah. kind of like you can see where he's getting to him. And you got to love this kid because we asked him, you know, after when he got drafted, we, you know, we got a chance to talk to him. And he's like, who's the, who's the player that you model yourself after? And of course, he's, he's like, yeah, you know, it's, I'm Tage. I'm Tage Thompson. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what, that's what the people want to hear because that's the guy gives them an immediate comparable in their mind to like mm. what they're expecting out of this kid. Um, he's a great shooter. Um, you yeah. Know, I, I mean, For great he's, accuracy. He's really good. Like, like just at changing, you know, the angle of the shot in general, like his hands in tight are really good, mm. but when he's pressed against a defender, he can, you know, kind of, turn his body in different ways and manipulate the puck yeah. with his stick, the, the length of his stick and his arm span or his wingspan. Mm. Like he can just, the way he changed I have one clip in the prospect profile I did where he had a guy like right up on him and a guy was standing in front of the net and he brought it all the way in and there, the, the goalie didn't see him move it. So the entire left side or the right side of the net was open. Hmm. And so he just fired it like straight at the post and it went right in. Like it's that kind of stuff that makes him different. Like just the ability to change the angle and you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's a great shooter. Like he's, yeah, his hands are really, you know, they complement kind of that part of his game really well. Um, and so, yeah, if he can get his, you know, his body moving a little quicker on the rush, I think. And he, you know, what's funny is like, he loves, he loves to have the puck. Like mm -hmm. there, when you watch him play there, you know, you will rarely watch him leave the zone without the puck. He is, he is a big player in transition for UConn. And I think that's also something that, you know, is, is something that the scouts and, and Barry Trotz and his team noticed. Like, I think that's, that's important. Yeah, so. I mean, he's got that. I think he's got the tools offensively to make him really, really effective. But you know, those skating mechanics. I think like one of the things is if you he gets caught in transition or on a rush, um, and he's going to be playing skating on his heels. I think you're going to have a lot of issues just because he's not. He's gonna. It's going to take him time to recover from having to you know switch direction things like that. And when you're a guy who's known for your offense and stuff like that, can become a big development. You know. Uh, you know, roadblock is that, you know, these, these guys that can be really, you know, really strong offensively, but then they are, you know, are they worth the liability of what they give up defensively? I think that we're, we're picking at hairs a little bit just because again, like I think the skating things can be worked out. Um, and I think that, you know, they did a pretty good job addressing, I guess, you know, the doubts that people had about the skating ability of, 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 of wood just because of, uh, you know, the second guy they picked in the first was, is, universally like a fantastic skater so do you think mm -hmm. that was by design more of a like just you have one who's a work in progress and one you just you know is coming in to that uh, does that make it more likely that tanner makes his way to the national predators before wood or no 
No. I don't think so. I, okay. I think there's area. I think I think Mullen Dyke's just a really, really, really good skater. Hmm. I think he has a lot of work to do. Like I don't think he's a bad pick. I mean, I would have I would have picked a couple people over him there. I think I think they could have traded up in the second round and got him. But hmm. I think you know he's. I think his skating is is a really big key to to his success moving forward. Like I I don't think there's any way. I mean, you watch him play. He's he's a, like he's gore. He's so fun to watch. Like just skating wise, I think he you know he can move the puck okay. He's he's you know he can he's a good transition player, and he'll he'll get better at that as he as he gets better or as he grows in you know in whatever league he plays in. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Matthew Wood is is the safer bet to get to the NHL quicker. I think also just because his size and. Mm how he's able to kind of put, put, like protect the puck. But, you know, I, I've, I've, when they first picked Mullendike, I was a little bit like, ah, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of this, just because I yeah. thought that they could have gotten that value in the early second round. But, you know, after watching some, some stuff, I, you know, I think that they can, you know, especially with their track record with defensemen, I think, I don't think I need to be worried. And I don't think anybody else needs to be worried about how he works out. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, um, yeah. In terms of the rest of the draft, Jeff, you're deep into here. Brian, and I are going to need your expertise here. I do have an answer though for this one. Okay, I'm afraid. I'm afraid because I'm like, man, I did. I know Jeff's going to take it because I think it's the, it's the one that I <laughs> I, I, I kind of read on the most. And I, I like was it Ye- is it Yessi Yessi Kliskinen? Um, he was about mm-hmm. 68 though. That's actually not my pick. Okay, good. Um, That's not like, my pick. Yeah, I think he's a very he's a good shooter. I think uh, he's one of those guys that I think is going to come back, come up and kind of surprise you and be like, oh, he's a third rounder or second rounder, you know, or you know, you didn't kind of expect him to pop up a little as early maybe as he as he does in like the AHL or maybe you know getting some time in. But I, I like him a lot. He's I think he's a guy that is a perfect pick for that middle of the like middle of the draft area that there's a lot of things that can mm-hmm. be worked on. But I think he is a, a project that. I think you have a higher likelihood of of succeeding with than than some others. I, I I like that one a lot. Who's your biggest deal, Jeff? Uh, mine was um, Aiden Fink, the last mm. pick of David Poyle's career, um, at two hundred eighteenth overall. Interesting. Um, I Why? think he. Uh, I think I think he's kind of, you know. He's a, he's a great four checker. I think, you know, he's a good skater. He could work on it a little bit, but he's a, he's a good skater. He's effective skater. Um, he's a good four checker. I mean, I think I was looking at him the other day. Um, and here are <laughs> the highest he's ranked is by, uh, Chris Peters at flow hockey. And he was ranked 72nd overall. Um, and you know, I think there's there's something to be said about that. I, he wasn't ranked anywhere in the 200s. The lowest he was ranked was 132nd. Um, so you know, I think that he's a he's a good shooter. You know, he um, he's a, you know, I think he can kind of he can get better everywhere. But he's a good shooter. He's a good skater. He kind of has that like I'm trying to think of a first round comparable. Um, like a like a Gavin Brindley kind of kind of vibe, um, you know. Gavin Brindley's a, a smart player first and foremost. I think Aiden Fink's a smart player. Um, you know the way he gets to pucks when he's forechecking is he takes the he takes the right routes and everything. But I also think like 
you know, he can shoot the puck. Gavin Brindley can shoot the puck. And like, you know, it's not, it's not enough for me to say that that's a weakness of his. Um, and he can, you know, he's good at kind of manipulating and changing angles and, and finding kind of open pockets to shoot. Um, but also he's a solid skater. You know, he's, he, he gets to places, um, you know, he can refine that when he goes back and, you know, plays in juniors and whatever, but he, I think, I think that he might turn out to be, you know, an effective player. I don't want to say that he'll make the NHL yet because I need to watch him a little bit more to, to decide and I need to see him this year. But I think that, you know, he's, he's someone to watch. I'd be interested to see kind of how he develops um, moving forward. I like it. Brian, as uh, we wrap up here on this fun loaded News, mm-hmm. draft, free agency, trades, DFAs, money going one way, <laughs> money going the other. Um, a fun, fun addition here on the Press Power. I feel like you have a question for us, though, to wrap I, up here tonight. I do. As I was trying to, you know, get Twitter working, <laughs> things like that and doing something, I did get a tweet through that got a ton of a pretty good amount of engagement, but it's more just because I'm very curious to hear what everybody has to answer. So. I think the thing I proposed was uh, you're a free agent in the NHL and you're getting ready to sign a three-year deal with a team and they give you the option to have a five-team, no-trade clause list. What are your five teams? So, Jeff, I'll let you go first. What are the five teams that Oof. you would put on your, on your list? Oh, man. How old am I? I haven't even thought about this. Just, you're you right now. Let's say that. Okay. I'm 32 then. All right. Yeah, uh, so you're basically on your way out. I'm, I'm, I was going to say. This. I'm getting the 35. I'm a, I'm a rookie coming in. All right, yeah. this is good. We'll have very different answers here, Jeff. Um, All right. While you're thinking, I could probably throw mine out now. I would say the Blue Jackets, one. Mm-hmm. I'd say Ducks, two. <clears throat> I would say Canucks, three. Flyers, four. And... Canadians five. I, I I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say as as somebody who's not as as deep into hockey as the rest of us. I think those are really five good, smart picks. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, like I can't. Yeah, those are really good. All right, Jeff. So what do you think? I mean, or do you want me to give uh, you mine? I I mean, you can give me yours. I I have three, but I got to think of the other two. Right, let's let you get there. So I said Columbus. I did. I love Columbus's arena, and I I actually don't. I like the hockey team. I wouldn't want to be around Babcock, and honestly, I don't want to live in town with uh, Ohio State fans. So uh, two that's, very good points. Um, yeah, uh, I said Toronto, um, but hmm. this is mm-hmm. unironically. Un- it's because I would absolutely crumble under the pressure. That's and uh, you know what I. Just I was that's gonna be my reasoning because I have Toronto too and I I'm soft as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I can't handle it. Um, Florida again. I like the Panthers and what they're doing. I, I get to hang out with Colby um, down there in Flint, in South Florida. But at the same time, I went to high school there for two years. You can't make me go back. Um, I don't have to go back to that state for any reason, really. Um, I would say Philadelphia because one, I don't know if I want to be in, the, uh, in that organization, but two. I've been a Dallas Cowboys fan in my life, and I've mm. said a lot of stuff about the city of Philadelphia, and I would take back pretty much none of it. So it just wouldn't work out for either side, I think, for well, Philadelphia. Well, also at our age, Brian, we have to be careful with where we go because it's like they haven't gotten it right for our entire lives. Like they're probably not going to get it in the last five years of our careers yeah. either. So I, I, we can just bet against the Flyers. We can bet against the, the Blue Jackets. We can bet against the Canadians, really. 
Yeah, and then like my fifth one, I kind of put as a joke just because like there are a lot of teams where it's like I would like to go there, but then there's a, like I wouldn't want to play hockey there. I'd like to live there, but not play hockey. Mm. But then mm. I said I think my other one was I I wouldn't want to go to the Islanders just because they, they don't have mm. their, the you know, the car uh, arena car anymore in, in the arena. Mm. So I mean like what's what's the point? So yeah, I mean because I just I'd rather be an big, Islander than a Ranger though. Yeah, I could say that's a very strong argument. I think some other somebody else said that like it's the pressure. You know, I wouldn't want to be at also the Rangers. Sabers right now is a sneaky good pick. It's cold as hell. You're up there. You're not even in Toronto. At least in Toronto, you have the like you're you're just there. It's a more fun city. Buffalo, you're in the cold. You're in the tundra. Yeah, and it's just been mind, terrible. Yeah. Not not even not even Marshawn Lynch could really really no, fully salvage it. But no, let's see, let's hear it, Jeff. Let's yeah. see it. You got all right, it now. All right, all right. So I got I got Buffalo and I got okay. Toronto. Both on there. Um, too cold. Don't want to <laughs> deal with the Toronto market. I'm, I'm soft. Uh, and then I got San Jose. I don't hmm. really want to. I, I don't mind California, but I think the San Jose organization, I'm not really a fan of playing hockey in. Uh, and then what was my other one? Uh, Winnipeg. Hmm. Uh, How would you one. even get there? There's no way I know, to, right? you have to I have to, I have to take no, a bus. No airport, yeah. No airport. There's no yeah. airport. Yeah. Do you know where there uh, is Winnipeg, an airport? Atlanta. Kidding. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then uh, Columbus, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, actually, you know, now that I think about it, I'm struggling between Columbus and Edmonton. Mm. Because Edmonton is also very cold. Yeah. Edmonton I mean, is like, also not run very well. So I don't. But you just, you'd be good enough to get on a line with one of those guys. And true. you're going yeah. to get a good contract the next year. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Who's your number one? Like, who would you go to? Because for me, I think it's the Kraken. Who would I go to? I think the Kraken's my number one. Mm. That's a good question. I mean, it's going to be extremely telling on me, but I'd say the Kraken uh, or or Vegas. I mean, I just, I like the way those live in Vegas. I don't, I've never really, that, the heat, the dry heat, so hot. I think I would get annoyed with the the Vegas vibe. I think I would love Vegas at 24. I think at 32. I'm out. I don't. I, it doesn't have it for me. I, I th- yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think. I think if I did amend mine one about the New York Islanders, I think I would take that off. And I'm going to be very careful how I would say this, but I think the other team, the fifth team on my no trade list, would be Nashville. Not mm. because you know, not wanting to play for them, but if I'm not good, like I know everybody, like Preds t- Twitter will absolutely destroy me. Will just absolutely <laughs> run me through the ringer. And I can't, I know I'm not, you'll have good. me yelling at you every day. Yeah. I'm I'm none like, of y'all said Boston. I'd love to play in Boston. Okay. I would love it. <sighs> yeah. You're making me rethink things now. Uh, Chase. I mean, they're good. I'll take that. I guess they're going to be good. I the love, whole time I love there. the city. Yeah. I'm a big Boston fan. I, I'd probably want to play in, I mean, yeah, there, there you go. go. Look at that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd love to play for the Rangers. Like mm. the Rangers are the Devils. Like the Metropolitan teams. Like I, I'd pay. I'd play in Pittsburgh. I'd play in Philly. I'd play in New Pittsburgh's Jersey. Definitely on the top five list for me. That'd be yeah. Fun. I mean, I, I'd play. I'd play anywhere up there. Um, and New Jersey also has a special place in my heart. So there's I would that. love to get. Yeah. Into, I would and love they have, to. They just yeah. have a fun team. Like yeah. Look at Jeff and Jack Hughes. That's what that's what we're learning here. Yeah. Jeff just wants to, they're close in age. Jeff just wants to be best friends with Jack Hughes. That's <laughs> he, what yes, we're that's right. we, we spent a good amount of time about with him talking about uh, about his boy Jack there. Uh, yeah, right. he's all so in he, on Jack Hughes. The Jack yeah. Hughes references on this podcast. We we see we we're familiar with your game, Jeff. 
So I'll say real quick, you know, what do you guys think was, and I haven't compiled it because I'm going to, but what do you think was some of the like, like one or two of the most common answers from people? Minnesota. Mm, no, I feel not like at Min- all. No, really? Oh, not really. I'd like to play Minnesota. I feel like Minnesota would be a fun place to play. Wait, most common for negative or positive? Yeah, people that, that uh, most commonly put on their, their no trade team. No oh, laws. then I'd, I'd say Winnipeg. Uh, that one got a fair amount of play. Yeah, I would say Winnipeg. The other one shouldn't surprise you. I would you say about it's it. Oilers. Uh, no, not too bad, too much. Hmm. I think Chicago? some people. Uh, that was one of them. That was one of them, okay. and that's for a fairly obvious reason. Yes, uh, yeah. mostly because a lot of the people were Preds fans. But Buffalo. No, if you think about it real hard, if you were a guy who's trying to sign it, sign you know for the next three years, and you wanted to be involved with a franchise that was in the right direction. Um, or you Calgary? know, give you a hint, likely to exist in three oh, years. Oh, the Coyotes. Yeah, uh, that was the that was the common one from mm. almost everybody. Was they want to go? I'd I'd love to go out there and just do that. You know, mess around for two years and then know that, you know, I may not make the third year, but I may not want to either. So yeah, God, we say that, but like they're gonna exist for the next twenty five years. Like they're I hope never they do. gonna leave. I hope they. Do. I hope they do as well. I hope they do as well. We don't need any like, expansions. Good now. Like we don't have to add anybody else. We don't need to move anybody. I don't need a Kansas well, City. Well, you know expansion's or... happening. The what Atlanta's building in Forsyth County and the amount of money that they are putting into that project to not get an NHL team for that would be hilarious. But I do love my uh, Gwinnett Gladiators. Now the Atlanta Gladiators are now the affiliate of mm-hmm. the National Predators. They waited until I left, which shout out well, to them. I was going to say, though, I, I am, though, excited. He hasn't he hasn't announced this, but Chase is going to be doing a lot of live, you know, remote work from 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 Atlanta uh, on these ECHL games. So, you well, know. I go home during that time of year every year. So I am going to be there and I can actually wear Pred stuff and be like, this isn't weird. I can even report. I can report on these you games. Get your credentials, dude. I bet <laughs> yeah, you got on it now. And you thought I was kidding, but no, you're doing this for us, man. I'll do You're going to do yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I I don't know. I thought it was interesting to see everybody's reactions as far as as where they wouldn't want to go. A lot of it was like Pittsburgh because they just hate the Penguins. Um, yeah. I, I had some answers like Anaheim five times because screw them. That was a, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was Chicago. It was Arizona. It was Winnipeg. Um, some people said Tampa Bay, which again I I think I probably should have added them too because again I lived in Tampa. Tampa's probably the best of all the Florida cities in my opinion, but still I did my time. I'm good. I don't have hmm. to go back. There you go, Brian Baston. What can the good folks check out from you and the team over on onthefourcheck.com this week? Well, the fun's not over because development camp is next week, mm-hmm. so we'll be there. I. The jury is out if I will be able to be there every every day of, of dev camp, but it is always a really fun experience. It's open to the public usually um, over at Fordyce Center Bellevue, is it, this year, Jeff? I think so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was really cool to go over there earlier in the week to see some of the prospect stuff, and it's always a good time just because it's the first chance to see some of these guys. Um, and it feels like just yesterday that I was talking to you guys about development camp last year, which was re- really weird. I had that moment of deja vu and I was like, no, that was a full a full year ago there, buddy. So, yeah, there's there's plenty more to go. And I'm sure that free agency isn't over. So we're going to see a lot of stuff. You know, we're going to hopefully be writing. I get to write the article saying that the Nashville has signed Evan Rodriguez. So we'll see <laughs> that another tradition. Unlike any other. That's a Groundhog mm-hmm. Day. The Evan Rodriguez. And mm-hmm. we'll see Fedor. Uh, maybe he That's gets. Right. Does he make it up to Nashville this year? Who knows? Bring kid also. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, what about you? Flames Nation and everywhere else this week? Uh, yeah. I mean, just covering free agency stuff, um, doing some 
more work on the uh, drama going down in Calgary. Uh, Elias Lindholm has still not made a decision on whether he wants to stay or not. Michael Backlund has not made a decision on whether he wants to stay Why or not. Why would they? They, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, they offered Michael Backlund the captaincy, and I haven't we haven't heard much about that since then, since that was reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli was out. Um, Noah Hannafin wants out. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on. Dustin Wolf won an award today, another award today. Um, so that was cool. But yeah, just a lot of that stuff. And uh, on the forecheck, kind of just going over what we talked about, actually, just kind of talking about why this does and doesn't make sense for the Preds, this being the moves that they made today and any moves that they might make in the future. So Yeah, just anxiously awaiting for the offseason to start. <laughs> I know, yeah. Exactly. There you go. Brian Baston, Jeff Middleton, thank you as always, and I'll talk to you all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.